Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. This week we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 24, Conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. The first conspiracy on our podcast is... Uh, how many Jasons do we have this week? I'm Jason. Oh, I'm Jason. Three Jasons. <laughs> That's too many Jasons. That that is too many. Um, wasn't that an eighties sitcom? Too many Jasons. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It was a uh, very it's an special adult one thing you're thinking of actually. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Jason, one time we called you Thomas. Yeah. Uh, another time, I believe, was I Lore, and you were Data. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think I think I was Lore because I have a beard. And that's yeah. sort of evil-ish. Yeah, yeah, we went with that. And then, but then um, you were you were way more lore than I was, though. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you switch uniforms with me. I don't know. And that's the conspiracy as well. Um, <laughs> and this time around, um, I'm trying to think of something that uh, we should call you Quinn, uh, Admiral <laughs> Quinn, uh, for this one, uh, because Admiral Quinn makes a comeback in this episode. This this is one of the few like. Star Trek The Next Generation episodes and I mean even season one or beyond where it's not a two-part episode but there's a direct callback to a previous episode um, yeah it's unfortunate that it has to be this episode <laughs> that does that how dare you um, I I would like to start um, by throwing this out there Roger Ebert's review of the film North mm-hmm. Uh, is a is a perfect description of my reaction to this episode of Star Trek. So I'm I've changed a word in this, and this would sum up how I is feel. Is the game that we're supposed to try to find the word? Sure. So uh, so it's probably fairly easy, but here it goes. Guard is that the word? <laughs> I hated this episode. Hated, 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 hated this episode. Hated it. Hated every simpering, stupid, vacant, audience-insulting moment of it. Hated the sensibility that anyone would like it. Hated the implied insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it. That's how I feel about this episode. (laughs) That's way harsh, Tom. I don't don't know about that. (laughs) So we uh, we might be approaching another too short a season. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> bring it on. So, well, I mean, this episode is very basic when you get right down to it. Yes. Um, yes. There's something wrong, which is which is also a direct callback to uh, the previous episode, which featured Admiral Quinn and Remick, which I had to had to kind of think about it a little bit, but it was coming of age, wasn't it? It was the one where yes. Wes went down to the planet to take the Academy test, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Meanwhile, up on the ship. Yep. Yep. So... Let's. I, I mean, I, I should actually be a little less harsh to this episode. I can pinpoint the exact moment in this episode where it lost me. When the guy's face explodes? No, uh, it had lost me well before that. Um, the episode when, time when of punches Riker. Yeah, let's guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good guess too. Uh, when, when they go to Lava Planet Pacifica, when they say uh, Pacifica. No, it is after that. It's after that. When they say they're going to go to Italics B, the font planet. <laughs> nice. I did not. Was it uh, when Worf said swimming is too much like bathing? Swimming is too much like bathing. 
No, because that was probably the best part. That was of the like episode. thirty seconds in. Yeah. Was it when they said dry land is not a myth? Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it. Kevin Costner, Waterworld. I saw that movie six times. It rules. No, it was uh, twenty-five minutes in when they have already gone back to Earth, which is shocking that it's only twenty-five minutes in. They're hanging out in orbit. Admiral Quinn's going to beam up like. And he turns and he's got that case and you see the purple bug for the first time. <laughs> that is where I, I just, I remember the first time watching it being like, okay. And now ev- like at that point, after having watched this episode a couple of times, everything from that point on is, is absolute dumpster fire, hot garbage. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't believe you call yourself a Jason and hate this episode <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I love this episode so much. Whoa. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a too short a season scenario. Uh-huh. <laughs> so why? Why Why do you love this episode? Because I love B-horror movies, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and that's what the monster reminds me of in this episode. Yeah. I mean, especially right there at the end. I mean, that... Um, you know, again, the, this is not a recap show per se, so uh, we can kind of just highlight the parts of the episode that we like and not necessarily have to go from front to back. That that alien at the end, really to me, like when they reveal the mother alien that's living inside Remick, I thought that looked kind of like a mix between the alien from Alien and mm-hmm. um, the Graboids from um, from Tremors, right? Oh, uh, see, see, I, I have a, I was going to say a cross between Tremors. Uh-huh. And Chud, the cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller <laughs> from the great movie Chud. <laughs> I, I, I have to confess at this point, um, the the uh, filmographic society of, of uh, central <laughs> Iowa may take away my citizen card because I have never heard of that film. <laughs> yeah, you never I, heard I, of Chud? I, I, I think no. I have the Criterion Collection uh, edition of that. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, 12 serious, commentaries. Paul, I, I want to see it. <laughs> If there's any chance in hell that exists, I, I have to see it. I'm I'm googling Chud movie right now. Um, Chud, 1984. What if, what if this was all a big conspiracy and it just redirects to this episode? That would be fantastic. But that's not true. Dr- Daniel Stern is in this movie. Holy cow! One of the wet bandits. Yeah, yeah. One of the and then the sticky bandits, respectively. The wettest of the bandits. Yeah, and uh, okay. Well, so. <laughs> Other than the fact that it has a very, because I will agree with you, it has a very B-movie horror vibe to it. Um, I mean, is that is that why you like it? I mean, what what? I mean, is this an episode that you watch regularly? I mean, this is no, absolutely. Every not. Thanksgiving, uh, <laughs> every Thanksgiving, yep. Um, Carve the turkey, explode Remick. No, I'm not a crazy person. There are many seasons of Star Trek with good episodes. This is not like. <laughs> It's not a good episode. It's a good episode. And I'm doing hand quotes, which works really well on a podcast. Yeah. Way to play to the medium. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's only the second time we've done that, though, in what, 23 episodes or 24 episodes. (laughs) Right. Right. It's a fun episode, though. Uh, I mean, kind of. They they, they eat worms. They do eat worms. (laughs) Yeah. That's not, I mean, you're not selling it great. But yeah, I mean, I, if I'm, you're if you're gonna come out swinging like really like no, I like this episode. Like you gotta have more than B movie and they eat worms. Like I, I'm honestly blindsided. I actually thought you guys liked this episode. Uh, I, so <laughs> I'm really I'm gonna I'm I'm actually gonna throw it on on Jason's side. Um, 
other Jason. Quinn? You're also Jason. I think you forgot. Oh, yeah, I'm also Jason. Um, but I... <laughs> this is so um, confusing. <laughs> I like this one, too. And I don't love this one, but I like uh... this one. And I've, I um, can see how it's bad in a lot of ways. And it's cheesy, and the bugs are, look so dumb. Um, and a lot of the effects look dumb, but they're largely practical effects. Um, claymation and like lots of weird stuff like that. Hold on, and, hold on. Let's talk about that claymation. Because oh yeah, there's claymation, and then there's whatever they did in this episode. This is claymation. Claymation. It's, like it's like a cool version of claymation. It's, yeah, it's like cool world. It's like it's claymation that somebody had to do in an afternoon because yeah. it's missing literally like seventy five percent of the frames to make it animated. Like that, those bugs. Hey, frame frames aren't cheap. Your brain fills in the frames. It's fine. It's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm watching those bugs and like. The the way in which they move is is I mean the only way I can describe it is like hyper fake like it's just it's <laughs> so it's so unrealistic and so jarring the way that they move that your brain literally just like revolts against it when you see it like uh, the only reaction you can have I think is to laugh when that happens like when I when those bugs crawl out of their mouths and then they start yeah. doing the you know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, the hokey pokey across the floor. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just laughably bad. I mean, it's just it's terrible. <laughs> it's really We've bad. seen bad effects before, though. But not uh, this bad. I would say this is right up there with the uh, worst we've seen. Name something worse than than the claymation. I, for we, the bugs. we we just came off the tar monster, uh, tar dude, and he was pretty badly done in some of the the movement effects. Um, yeah. What else have we seen? I mean, I, I, I criticized uh, some of that MS Paint moving around discs onto the sun. Sure, but that's a just a, that's that, just... Was, that was minimal. I mean, it wasn't a full episode built around it. Yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to think back to something that would have been as badly handled as this. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, we need to be careful here, too, right? Because a lot of these special effects in these, like if you're watching it on Netflix or something, have been remastered, right? But this has definitely not been remastered in yeah, yeah. No. Whereas, like, the Tar Monster definitely was. Like, if you watch that on Netflix and you watch, like, an old DVD of it, it was does it? not look. Oh, yeah. It's, like, way shinier and moves, like, way. It just looks different on the original DVDs. Well, well there, there's certain things. Certainly, all the ship stuff, all the stuff in space, all the planets um, that they've been retouching. And um, some of the effects that we've said, you know. We could forgive this because I think it would look better on a, a 18 inch um, CRT TV, and I'm not sure that this is one of them. Right? The, the, what you're critiquing is the the yeah. um, jarringness of the movement of these bugs mm -hmm. that I don't think would be fixed, at least not in the same way as some of these other effects where you're seeing like the seam of a wig or um, bad makeup or something like that mm -hmm. that would be hidden by basically um, holding some dirty glass in front of your TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was one part in this episode that the HD took me out of it was when Quinn is fighting like Riker. Oh yeah, and the body double, double is like city. he's like fifty pounds lighter. He has like stubble. You can see like yeah, it's like yeah. I don't need like this. It looks too clear. Like I can yeah, tell that both, guy is twenty eight years old. They yeah. both have stunt doubles, and they both have shots like face forward shots yeah. from across the room. <laughs> it's like that's not him. Like <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, if, if I was going to point to to 
that effects I, I might agree that's one of the worst too where they yeah. didn't care at all well and and the, i would i would argue too paul to further your point there that's also i mean maybe on a very small crt screen you might not have noticed but the yeah. stunt double that they used was so disparate from the guy <laughs> yeah. that i think even on a small screen you'd be like that's not that dude you know, if you're paying any attention at all, because they break the cardinal rule of using a stunt double, which is they got a full on shot of his face and it's not even yeah. that dark. No, nope. you know, it's just it's like, no, that's clearly. Yeah, you're right. Like a 28 year old guy. Like I, I wrote that I have like worst stunt double ever. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I have a note on it somewhere. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I'm like right around 30 minutes. You totally see the guy's face. It's not even close to Gregory Quinn. And then. <laughs> Uh, and then th- later, they not only do it with the, the fight between him and Riker, they also, uh, Worf backhands him, and he's facing Worf. So you get to see him again. like, And it's just like, guys, either find somebody that kind of has the build of this guy and put him in some old man stuff, or just face him away from the camera. Like, it's just, that, that was just lazy to me. <laughs> or, I mean, have Jonathan Frakes, like, hop over a table. Yeah. Like, yeah. through a glass table. Yeah. You know? He can do the Riker maneuver in a fight. I never thought of that. That's, <laughs> that's baller, man. But yeah, the stunt doubles were bad. Yeah, yeah. I so I want to talk about some. Uh, I mean, so I've got some nice stuff, and then I've got a whole. I've literally got a page of dumb stuff. But I mean, the only redeemable stuff that I wrote down about this episode is um, Data again being very useful and in character. Um, He's, at this point, quasi-bankable, I think, as a consistent, likable character and yeah. pretty well-written. Yeah. He's kind of forgettable in this episode, though. Honestly, I, I agree that he's used well, but... Yeah. Yeah. He has he that... fun in the banter at the beginning. I thought that was yeah. a strong yeah. part of the episode. And he has but... that one scene where... Um, if you if you disavow the fact that the computer is breaking all of the rules of being a computer, i.e., oh, disagreeing with him and then being yeah. like, "No, I got it," and like cutting him off, kind of a fun scene where he has that like, you know, wait, I'm being a real boy because I'm yeah. talking to myself out loud. Like that. Yeah. Was, my question was, did the computer just tell Data to shut up? It kind of did. Really felt like it. Yep. Yeah, it totally rolled its eyes and was like, "I got it, God, jeez, <laughs> yeah, fine, just, I'm okay, sorry, I asked." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote that there there was one very brief shining moment of Riker being a sensible person, um, and that was when Riker says to Picard before he does the dumbest thing you can do. You know, Riker just says, "Should you be beaming down alone?" And I just wrote, "Thank you" in all caps. Like, yep. no. Yeah, it felt like a, a wharf line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They let Picard do some stuff he's not supposed to do this whole season, mm-hmm. really. It's mm-hmm. a recurring theme. Yep. And then also I've got... Um, there. There's actually, I think, the birth of a trope in this episode and, and a trope that will Just get one. used... Well, a trope that will be used throughout most of the series. Um, I think this is the first time we've seen this where a threat uh, on the ship turns and directly challenges Worf. Um, because mm-hmm. Quinn, after taking out Riker, just, uh, you know, I think he turns to him and says something about, like, let me see your Klingon, you know, prowess or something like that. Like, I lo- I tell, me, that. tell me about the waters of your home world. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. But, but weren't you upset that Worf doesn't growl at him after that? Kind of. Shouldn't he have been like, like he's, mm-hmm. he's Worf. Mm-hmm. Does he not? He doesn't growl. 
No. Oh man, no. I kind of remember him doing it, but maybe I'm just imagining it. You know? Putting it in there because yeah. it should be in there. Your because mind, it should be in there. You're right. Your mind inserts it because you know that it's that's the it way of things. Fills in the frames for you. It's just it's just like the bad animation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I also, uh, when, when they do have that fight scene and when, uh, Quinn not only bests Riker, but also bests, uh, Jordy and Worf pretty much, although Worf is not completely beaten, uh, Crusher to the rescue. I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. That was, yep. uh, that was very cool to see. Like, all right, Crusher gets a chance to not only, you know, heal people, but actually like lay down the smack. Like, all right, that was nice. Well, shouldn't have the security people that came, uh, you know, come in there with their freaking phasers drawn you would certainly think so and I, is Jordy did they even have him? at this point no uh, like what was Jordy doing there he just he was just saying they're like security and then Worf comes running with Jordy yeah it's like ooh like didn't they ha- like was he just there and he's like I need some help you he's know? still tactical this season right mostly am I right or some kind of command something uh, so Jordy is in the command branch and he's the helm officer Okay. Um, and then uh, Worf just inherited Tasha's duties yeah. as yeah. Uh, the the chief tactical officer slash security officer. So it makes total sense that Worf is there. Yep. But it doesn't make any sense that, that Jordy's there. Yeah, it's kind of just like Jordy was on the set and they're like, oh, we need two people because one of you needs to get beat up. And yep. they look around and LeVar Burton was like, yeah, sure, I'll get beat up. I'll get thrown through a door. Why not? Well, did you catch Jordy's? And I, I think this is a very like subtle, underappreciated joke in the episode. After he gets thrown through that door yep. and comes in, he goes, "If I could see, I'd be seeing stars." <laughs> yeah. I thought that was nice. Yeah, that <laughs> was the I first time it. through. I was like, hmm, "I'm sure he's seen something." And the second time through, I was like, hmm, "That's cute." Yeah, yep. yeah. Clearly a nod to to uh, like, see, you know, we get our characters because we make <laughs> jokes with them. Hey, <laughs> that's literally the only stuff I wrote under nice stuff. I have a couple of random notes, <laughs> and then that's all I have for stuff that I liked in this episode. <laughs> So I, I, I'll try to get it at what I like. Um, uh-huh. it, I, I think it's the core of the episode, this idea that um, we, we've just seen some pretty powerful characters. And um, two episodes ago when we were talking about Tardude, um, Ed, Ed, uh, that was on, um, kind of put it in perspective that Tardude is one of the most powerful characters we're going to run into in the series uh, in terms of powers. Um, and in original series, there's a lot of characters that have a lot of powers and put a threat on the Enterprise, uh, very Q-like, that is, you know, I have all these powers and this is what I'm going to do and there's nothing you could do about it because I'll um, I'll just snap my fingers and turn you into, like, a cat or something. And that sort of power is interesting in certain situations, but it's not... Um, it, it doesn't have legs to keep doing it over and over again. And this is refreshing in a very different way of a creature and, and a threat that they explicitly call out as patient because they have to do this long game. They're not strong enough to just overpower anyone alone. So they have to do this this sort of this foothold situation of trying to get into places of power uh, so that by the time they do get caught that they have enough power that it doesn't matter. right? And, and that's a really interesting idea and the core of it is is really clever here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll 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 grant you that 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 idea within something that isn't this might have been compelling to watch. Um, but to me, the entire um, the entire episode just felt too 
slapped together. Um, it's messy. It's it's and I mean, I know that's kind of dumb to point out in season one because season one is just a giant mess. But this episode seems to show battle scars almost as bad, if not worse, than anything else we've seen up to this point. Uh, clear compromises in in production and script direction seem to have kind of taken its effect. And and I actually, I, I was thinking about that because I I honestly do feel uh, that at that twenty five minute mark that I pointed out earlier, the episode legitimately ceases to be what it was up to this point. And become something entirely different. Because up until that 25 minute mark where they literally just introduced the creature because it's like, what's this? And then that becomes the point of it. This conspiracy could have been anything. And I think the mystery behind that conspiracy was much more compelling. It's almost like watching uh, like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, I mean, it's almost like Signs, right? Where Signs was way interesting right up until the point where you saw the aliens and then they were dumb looking. Um <laughs> It's, that's kind of this. And, uh, you know, I, I felt that, and as I did some research into this, I later stumbled upon this. Um, the original version of this script didn't feature alien parasites at all. Um, the conspiracy in question was supposed to be a military coup within Starfleet. Um, Gene Roddenberry vehemently opposed such an idea. Um, he believed Starfleet would, would never stoop to such methods. Um, and the writer... Um, there's there's no way that he could get away with suggesting that the Federation was anything less than a perfect government. Um, thus, the only solution to there being a power struggle or or conspiracy uh, within the ranks of Starfleet had to have been an alien, uh, which was introduced late into the, the script process and kind of forced into the episode. Um, I'm pulling some of this from, um, from Memory Alpha. Um, this very script idea would... They don't say it's directly linked to, but this this idea of of kind of like a cancer growing within Starfleet and paranoia and those kind of things would later be featured in a Deep Space Nine episode, which yep, I a think a really good one, a, a really very good one. very good one. Uh, it's a two parter called Homefront and then Paradise Lost, mm-hmm. um, featuring the Changeling threat. Yep. And and so I have a really hard time looking at this episode and finding anything redeemable about it because it's just that same. Uh, season one thing all over again where it's like so much of what's going on behind the cameras and before production starts like seeps into this episode that it just it becomes really hard to watch because it is it's this tale of of two very different stories that were forced together um, because of politics behind the scenes and and it sort of uh, has a lot of uh, ties to Rathacon Right in in the like bug that crawls into your face and then controls you or okay yeah makes you more suggestive yep. and the bugs I used themselves to think those are were the same bug actually yeah I mean honestly they don't look too different yeah. uh, and I don't have I don't have pictures of them side by side but um, I imagine if I did I wouldn't be too shocked mm-hmm. um, but to say that they were handled a little better in Wrath of Khan is probably a understatement mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's. I, I could see that it's something kind of slapped together on that second half. Uh, and, and I could also see why in this, at this point, um, why Roddenberry would kind of take that stand. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably agree with it, that, that you do need something external at this point before you start doing something that's um, that internal politics, right? That, that 
starts to feel like you need to have a few more seasons under your belt. And yeah. which is largely why, you know, that Deep Space Nine is so good is it's, it's you know, pretty late into the series and, and there is an external threat. There's the chain lanes, but yeah. Well, and, and um, it's, it's kind of unfair, I think, a lot of times to invoke story elements within Deep Space Nine because, um, and obviously we're not talking about DS9 right now, but I, I feel like a lot of the later Star Trek series, um, people like to say, oh, well, the storytelling is just so much more in, intricate and complex. But that's because they get to stand on the shoulders of all the stuff that was done here in yeah. in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, and this is a foundational episode of this trope. Mm-hmm. And if you you could imagine them doing this with with changelings, with um, I mean, if mm-hmm. you're probably picking it up if you've not heard DS Nine, but uh, shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you could imagine, oh, this room is full of shapeshifters and they've taken over. Um, but that has a lot of consequences, right? That that. Um, Shapeshifters, first off, they, they probably would have killed those people. These people that they, um, like, basically pinned down and then get the bug out, um, I guess, survived is what they, they implied. Yeah, only um, after um, Remick slash yeah, the host is kinda, creature is killed. Maybe that's kind of dumb that, like, the, yeah, the mother creature died. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it it's also this careful balance of a creature that is pretty weak, right? That that the shapeshifters are, are actually pretty powerful uh, in a lot of ways. And, and they at least have, you know, normal strength if they're, um, I was going to say out of the body, but they basically just in their natural form. Where these bugs in their natural form, you could just step on them, right? And and so it's not as much of a threat that, um, that you caught all of them or, um, you know, it, like at the end of the episode where it's like, well, the mother creature died so i guess they're all dead so mm-hmm. you don't have to catch them all mm-hmm. um <laughs> See, i had a problem i had a little problem with that yeah i have a, i have a problem with it too because they're not they're not they're explicitly not a hive mind or else yeah, exactly. the whole ruse that they're doing wouldn't have worked right right yep exactly. so killing them like that it just doesn't make a lot of sense but it I don't is know. it's a, i think it's a plot device to clean up the fact that like well if we didn't say that then how do we know there's not one more out there and it's just going to happen again and then we do have to like go through this basically Deep Space Nine episode of there's one person out there who might be this creature, and now that has huge ramifications. That's a really interesting storyline. Well, you, right. you just do the Independence Day version where you said, uh, and then we told the rest of the world how to take down the alien ships, and they, and they did it. They did <laughs> it. The, we, just trust us. Or John Carpenter's the, the 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 thing where you have to test their blood with a you know heated. Yeah. No, it's just not okay. No, I, I, I actually this this re- the monster reminded me a little bit of a John Carpenter monster actually. It kind of does, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Actually, but never, it's never that well lit in a John Carpenter movie, which is why well, those movies are good. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the point, right? That if, if a lot of this had been done in the shadows, um, yeah, it probably would have been a better episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the other thing that I want to bring up though is that um, the the thing that really angers me about. Uh, Roddenberry getting involved and saying no, no, absolutely not. It can't be. It can't be politics from within because we're perfect people. So then the solution is to have these monsters, and the, I would say the conclusion of this episode is the goriest episode of Star Trek <laughs> you will ever see. Like <laughs> yeah. this is legit. Like there's a dude's head that explodes. And then the creature, like, it, it uh, hatches itself or reveals itself out of his leftover torso. Shimmering and, with light. 
Well, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it's very not Star Trek to me. Like that conclusion of the episode, I was like, I, I'm not watching Star Trek anymore. I don't know what the hell I'm watching, but I'm not just, watching Star Trek anymore. I have a note that I couldn't remember what it was from, and then when you said that, I remember, and it's uh, don't look at the arc. <laughs> yep, yep. Accurate. Very nice. Yeah. Very well, nice. and you know the way they go about actually, you know, killing the the antagonist in this episode is very un. Star Trek like right because mm-hmm. this is a life form and f- for all we know this is actually its life cycle this is how it reproduces you know right and that in later seasons that kind of thing matters they would take that into account I feel like yes whereas this they're just like kill it with fire yeah well yeah they, they like it says something like we come in peace effectively his line right before they literally explode him is we seek peaceful coexistence and then they both Riker they, and like, Picard look at each other and yep. then they shoot it yep <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and then they keep shooting it until it explodes. Yep, and then its torso opens up, and they keep shooting it until it just disintegrates. So, did this yep. episode remind you guys at all of Stargate? Oh yeah, Gwauld. Uh, because yeah. I actually yeah. really like that antagonist, and it's basically sort of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of other like just random notes about this, but I mean, this this is the episode. I mean, we've basically talked around it, and and. I I made a really impassioned plea for us to to not I I hate this episode <laughs> I I straight up like I think this is the episode that I hate the most. Um, wow, it's probably not the worst, but I actively hate this episode. The what about worst. that weird casino one? I kind of like that episode. <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, yeah, casino Jeez. the, you yeah, have the a hotel goatee, royal. Sir. Yeah. You're the anti-Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. I kind of like that episode. Um, this, uh, because... I don't like that one, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two I... out of three Jasons agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, for me, and I'll just lay down my thesis statement and we can kind of you know, talk around it a little bit, but all the stuff that we've brought up about season one and how season one is, is damaging to Star Trek The Next Generation as a franchise... All of that stuff is in this episode and hyper accelerated. It has it has a story which is um, it's literally like the story that nobody wanted, right? Because the original writer had this idea and this vision about uh, you know what would it be like to have a coup within the Federation, um, you know, some sort of kind of militaristic group. Honestly, like in some of the reading that I had about the original treatment of this episode. It actually came off sounding a little bit like the the actual not terrible parts of Star Trek Into Darkness, right? Like the the whole mm-hmm. idea behind a push towards, uh, you know, more militarization of Starfleet, um, which I think that is also a really compelling idea um, when used correctly, and it is in future episodes. Um, but but then you have this, uh, you know, Gene was obviously very against it. Um, the Maurice Hurley, who has recently taken over as the showrunner, who actually is responsible for some of the things that start writing the ship, um, he's on record as saying he was completely against this episode. Um, and, and it was basically made in spite of him. Um, so this is, this is all of those things that make season one bad. All of this stuff that's happening behind the scenes and then not and still having people argue about what is Star Trek what's good for Star Trek and then at the end of the episode you have an episode that really is like a John Carpenter movie it's gory it's bloody and it's and it, and it's it's not Star Trek and so this is the this is the one episode that I look at more than any others and I say I just really wish it didn't exist um <laughs> because it, I just 
it, it's not only dumb and weird, but it, I think it's just if somebody were to, were to watch that, they would just be like, well, "Is this what Star Trek is?" No, no, not at all. This is not anywhere close to what Star Trek is. I, I have a counter to that. Okay. This is the first time we see Picard in his sleepy sex, you know, <laughs> sexy sleep attire. And ten of ten, you would watch again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the shiny one that he like wears later in the series, which is like. Oh man, I wonder if you can get that on Etsy. You you have to. There's got to be a way to get that on Etsy. <laughs> You're right because he answers the uh, the the code forty seven uh, in his in his right. sexy nighttime wear. Also, didn't even, didn't even close it up; just left it open. But like left, left the kimono open. Like a I don't boss. think it does close. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like a robe thing. It's it, it's I don't. It shouldn't what close. That's what makes it sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I would also like to point out that a code 47 is not a thing that ever exists ever again. Um, that's also... Well, it's it's never been so serious again is, the, is why. <laughs> of course. There's okay. never been such a threat to the Federation. <laughs> Makes this the most intense episode. <laughs> um, and I've got tons of nitpicks. I mean, there's dumb crap that happened. I mean, even from the very beginning, because uh, I believe Riker says to Jordy, you know... Uh, it, set course for Pacific at Warp 8 and he responds with I serve full impulse and I'm like that's not at all what he said <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I mean this this episode is just eh, eh. I am sad they didn't get to Pacifica yeah will they ever get to Pacifica I wonder I wrote that down I think you know that's the Are laziest name for a beach planet <laughs> yeah, oh it my is god really guys too much come like on I am happy. It, that it's it, almost as bad as Parliament, the place where they were going. Oh, that's to, right. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Oh, just, you've man. given up on naming planets at this point. <laughs> it did let me make both a Dune and a Waterworld joke, so I'm I'm happy with it. But <laughs> the standard time that happens. Yes. Yeah. It had to be a good episode. That's just that's yeah. the conclusion. I, I think. I mean, we could sit here and nitpick a lot of this um, and, I, and I think what you're implying is that you could start to mm-hmm. uh, you already have mm-hmm. um, but that we could keep going at it forever and, and mm-hmm. I mean I could for a while mm-hmm. um, even if I was trying to be even a little defensive of it there's a lot of places where that suspension of disbelief is really on a razor's edge um, in terms of how this all holds together and you know do they not like check for other life forms when they scan people do they not like where did that guy get a phaser at the end why was he running if he had one (laughs) yes um what else do i have in here why did picard have that little phaser that that uh the doctor had she had that little tiny phaser it's like you could put that in your boot or something man yeah you could totally take a phaser with you so i mean there's just a lot of small stuff that you really have to not think about um see what else is in here uh one more compliment i have for this episode the uh the effect that they use after remick swallowed the bug where his uh so him swallowing the bug is the dumbest looking thing in the episode (laughs) yeah Uh, but right after that the thing where his chin puffs out or his neck puffs out i was like okay that's actually kind of convincing well done yeah that one i was that's how that would work Mm -hmm. that's what that would look (laughs) like sure yeah, I it was like a bullfrog like, now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I sat there like, oh, I wonder how they were doing that. Like, you know, they put a something around it, or, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, 
if I'm sitting there wondering how they did it, then that's actually an interesting effect that yeah. is better than the claymation that took place for the 30 seconds prior. Yeah, if anything, it's just so jarring because the two are in the same scene. <laughs> yeah. I really, I, I only had one thing that really bothered me about the episode. Really? Just one? And that's, no, really? seriously. I, I only had one thing that really actually bothered me. Okay. And that's that Starfleet command looks so lame. It looks turbo lame. You're all right. Th- there's yeah. nothing there. There's like three people in command. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. This is the Federation of Planets, man. Like, there's a couple white guys and a and a Vulcan. That's it. That's yep. all you got. Yep. They I, even I don't buy it. they even signpost the um. Is it Picard who actually says yeah, like he yeah, says like, like oh last time I was here there were people in the hallways and they're like well uh, there's not yeah last time hallway- you were here we must have had a production <laughs> budget <laughs> even if there were people the hallway was so small it's like that's not what come on yeah and and there's like one. There's like no decor in the place. There's like a picture of Saturn on the wall. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what? <laughs> this this is Earth. This is the the base, man. Yeah. <laughs> Should be big and sprawling. Yeah. It's not uh, the original series. You know, like soundstage. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it feels very much like the interior of the uh, the original series Enterprise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a bit. That was that was the one thing, huh? <laughs> that that re- yeah no that, I listen. This is a great like popcorn episode. Drink a beer. Have fun watching it. That face is going to blow up at the end. What's wrong with that? It's a good time. I mean, I guess I'm anti-fun. <laughs> I, I honestly, before, when we were talking about this episode before, I, I assumed you guys loved it. I had no idea. I'm totally blindsided. <laughs> I was, well, so, yeah, I was getting the, the vibe from Jason that he hated it. And then I, I was kind of getting the vibe from you that you did too, but I must have been misreading you. So... <laughs> Oh, I'm just a sarcastic, <laughs> so I make fun of everything. <laughs> but I actually really like this. I mean, I I emphatically wanted to do this episode, and mm-hmm. I assumed every. I thought I was going to fight for it. <laughs> like, I to, <laughs> like I was talking to another guy you had on Oslik, and I was like, oh, I got I got conspiracy. And he was like, oh man, like like it was a good episode. But now I'm thinking maybe he thought it was a bad episode, and he felt bad for me. Like, I, maybe I don't we know. should call him right now. Maybe we should just get him on the line. That's the only appropriate response, I think, is to feel bad for somebody. And it's like, oh man, you got conspiracy. Um, I, I would like to point out too. Um, you, you know, I, I, people like what they like. I don't want to be the person to be like, you, th- it's dumb, and you're dumb for liking it. Like, I, I can go along Wait, with isn't that. that. How you open the show? That's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, probably yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I hate this episode. But if you if you want to, I can see how it could easily be enjoyed as a. I mean, guilty pleasure might be the wrong word, but in that vein, right? Where it's like, well, this is weird, but let's just go along for the ride, you know? Um, but I I can't help but look at this as, like, anything more than a missed opportunity. And, and a friend of mine pointed this out, and actually, um, he may be on when we get to season two, because uh, he's a big Star Trek fan, and, and uh, um, his name is John. Um, he literally... Uh, when when I was talking to him about this episode and I said, oh my God, I'm going to have to record a podcast about this episode. I don't know if I'm ready. Um, he actually confused the plot elements of this episode and the episode right after this one, The Neutral Zone, yeah. and believed that the Romulans were involved. And that got me thinking. I'm like... That would have been more interesting. That would have been yeah, way more, more interesting. Yeah. Ugh, this one is just uh, not Star I, Trek I have a litmus test for you, Jason. Other oh, Jason. Yes. How many episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 did you watch growing up? Or did you like that show growing up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I like the show. I, I know. Okay, I, I got nothing then. Never yeah, 
Yeah. But, I but, thought for sure you're going to be like, oh, it's the dumbest show ever. They watch bad movies all the time. Yeah, those bad movies are great, but here's the thing. like, this I don't. Is, this is one of those movies. I know, but I don't want a show that is supposed to be good to do that. Like, mm. it's okay when, when something is just... Uh, I mean, I can get down with some really cheesy popcorn entertainment, but I expect more out of Star Trek. Um, you know? And... and this this one really let me down. I'm You're not rod and bearing this uh, this episode. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Before we get to uh, our best and worst, do we have anything else we really, really need to get to uh, before we talk about the lowest lows and the highest highs? Going once, I, going twice. I mean, I I, I had the, I had a whole prepared like grand unifying theory of TNG and SG one Stargate, uh, but I don't think you guys are into it since you hate this episode so much. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, it's just that the the parasites are very similar. Oh, okay. but okay. it's not. I I feel like this is not a not a good starter for. If we had been talking lovingly about this episode, I think this would have been <laughs> fun. But I mean, we could we didn't even run with it. <laughs> See, I'm you just gotta... gonna I'm gonna write my own fiction and then I'll send it to you guys and it'll it'll be it'll be cool it'll be fantastic see yeah. you know jeremiah was through a very similar experience uh w- which was an episode that i aggressively hated but he he really fought for it so i think you got to get in there and you just got to have some scrapes you know I mean, yeah i mean well, it, i mean it, i don't it, have i don't have evidence like come on <laughs> no no <laughs> i mean i have to say I, I i'm kind of in the middle here and 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 um burns is making a better case here <laughs> And if you get, I, I, I get some of the case here of. Um, I didn't know I was going to have to present a case. I thought we were all going to like talk about this episode and be like, "Yo, th- this is like <laughs> the best Star Trek, yeah. right, guys?" But you yeah. know, like a, you know, we'll be winking, but we also love it. I don't know. I guess I did my homework. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all my notes are about like cheesy stuff in this episode, and none of it like it, it makes it sound good. It, it's all because it, I. I don't know. I just like making fun of stuff, and that's like what all my notes are. Well, just lay it out there. Just, just lay it out there. What do, what do you got? Throw it out there. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, remember when Picard uh, was about to eat those worms? Yes. <laughs> I love that face so much <laughs> that he makes. <laughs> it's my favorite Picard face, where he's just he's oh, just man. disgusted, like, ugh. and 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 it wasn't because of the worms. It's because he didn't have a fork is my theory because <laughs> he's just a classy mofo and he you know he's from france they they eat with forks when they eat worms well, otherwise he totally good... would have dove into those there is a good <laughs> question of like why they go to so, such lengths to like tip their hand because they do it yeah. a bunch right they're, 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 they're like, so confident <laughs> yeah they're like hey why don't you sit here and eat your dinner and then he uncovers it and they're like hmm, that's not what you expected picard <laughs> <laughs> and then they just keep eating and it's like could you know one of you could like hold him down he, yeah, he should have ran away right away like, <laughs> and and he's leaving he's like leaving the exit and they don't know Riker is coming back and Riker's the one who stops him in the hallway they were just gonna let him like run down the hallway and contact so his ship right like <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that and the same with the when Quinn shows Riker the bug right where he's like oh yeah I'm take take me to the doctor or whatever but oh before we go do you want to see something cool yeah yeah it's a superior form of life yep i i i think i had a note that was something to the effect of like undercover quinn is totally undercover um like i mean they're just they're literally it's the kind of um it's the kind of villain and i'll use villain in air quotes because villain presents you know somebody 
I think really good villains are not like trying to be evil or believe that they're evil. These are the caricature villains. These are like the vaudeville villains, yeah. right? Mustache twirling. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. there were mm-hmm. so many scenes where they could have that would have just fit. Where they're just like, mm-hmm. yes, enjoy your dinner, Captain. Mm-hmm. Well, they even brag about how patient they are, and it's like, no, you're yeah. not. <laughs> you're, you're the opposite of that right now. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, they're still being patient. They're like, well, we could have put a bug in you like 10 minutes ago, but we're going to wait. This, this guy over here is full of them. We could have just spit one out. Oh, really? <laughs> also, if they're ever confronted with, um, with with someone that's unexpectedly part of their group, apparently now they're just they're they're not only so close, they're brothers. Like suddenly when, when Riker was like, eat hearty, brother. We'll oh, soon take the take them, brother. You know, like yeah. it's just brother, brother, brother. His brother. lines in that scene are horrible. You'll be one of us soon, Picard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just See, it's a great episode. Look at you guys. You're having a good time. <laughs> I do love that at the end where after he explodes, it looks like they just kind of like threw a bunch of, like not even the same bugs, but like plastic. And there has like 50 toys. of them on the floor. Yeah. yeah. They're all flat. It doesn't seem like they exploded out. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of feels like the stuff you'd get, in, you know, you, the the machines where you put the quarter in, and then you spin the dial. Uh, like, I, I have that plastic egg thing. Yeah, yeah. About that scene, I have this exact note: "Sweet Jesus, the gore, comma." Oh, and now he's covered in Halloween party favors. Yep. <laughs> it's just it's a pinata. It's a fun Star Trek pinata. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap this up, I also have uh, I I wrote this uh, the, the captain's log. It's all over, all of it. No chance of loose ends. Forget this episode. <laughs> well, but Data does. Data does have a line or, or, or a conversation about. Oh, they sent a homing signal to somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. And that is the schizophrenic nature of this episode. That those two lines are, I believe, literally directly next to each other. Where Picard's yeah. like, "It's all wrapped up in a neat little yep. package." We. We killed the mother creature, so they all died. Yep. And then, no need to look for any more of those. And then Data's like, but, bum, bum, bum. And then it's just done. Yeah, it's like, well, this episode might be reviewed positively by, by critics. I mean, we might need to make another one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they were wrong on that front. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I think now uh, we'll, we'll do bests and worsts. And uh, Admiral Quinn slash my three Jasons. Uh, Feel free to go first, and in any order, best and worst for this. Wait, episode. so I'm Admiral Quinn, right? Yeah, Rear Admiral Quinn. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really, I, I like the. There was some like legit good one-liners in this episode that uh-huh. I, I had a good time with. Like, I really enjoyed like vitamins. They do wonders for the body. That was fantastic. When he's fighting Riker, <laughs> vitamins they do wonders for the body. It's Come on, you gotta love that. I I I like the the banter at the beginning. Like that felt very later TNG series TNG, where they're just kind of joking around a little bit, like a little. I mean, I don't think Jordy is ever gonna tell like a weird sex joke to Data again in the show because that was weird. <laughs> was pretty but strange. you know, j- just that they have some personality uh, was was nice because a lot of times they don't have any. <laughs> yeah, but um. I agree. So yeah, I, I like that those parts of the episode mainly. Um, the worst I already really touched on. I, I the the set design on this really bugged me. I mean, the first season is silly with this kind of stuff, but it's just like it put some people in there. I don't know, like 
super lazy and so original series that it was painful, uh, especially when you watch some of the later, you know, TNG episodes, which I've been doing lately. Uh, man, like Star- Starfleet Command should not look like that. There should be dudes walking around, aliens, uh, more than, you know, three people in command. <laughs> Yeah, the whole three admirals thing, I was like, were they trying to get across the point that, like, those three admirals are, like, the three? <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. That's Starfleet Command. <laughs> also, shouldn't the, shouldn't the mother parasite have been in one of the admirals, probably? You Not would, a commander? You would think. Yeah. You yeah. Think. But that's the subtlety and the misdirection. <laughs> uh, oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mustache twirling. I can, I can hear it over the... <laughs> <laughs> Paul, how about you? What, uh, what was your best and your worst in this one? Uh, well, I... I, I sort of already covered the best I think in in terms of this core of an idea this this idea of a situation where a weaker alien race um, doesn't you know come kicking the door down but but tries to um, create a conspiracy and and parts of that are done at least decently well uh, and, and they do a decent job of at the beginning of the episode trying to hide things and trying to keep things from the viewer as long as possible and and instilling the sense that something is wrong and and from what it sounds like a lot of that is from the original writing of this script um and then at a certain point and and maybe that is the point burns where they show that bug um from there on out they're a lot less um careful about it and a lot less um good at writing this and they tip their hand a lot more often and and there's really only i think one the part where um riker like comes up behind beverly and puts his hand on her shoulder like that's still well done that still has that that air of well you're not going to know what happened you're not going to know um how this plays out and then i guess Riker on the, the planet but even that is sort of overtaken by his crazy overacting um <laughs> But but the core of this idea is a good one, and we've we've cited several other shows that take this idea and run with it in much better ways. Um, and it's hard to critique the idea, but it's easy to critique these this episode because to jump to worse, there are, there are just so many things that are small things that are hard to get around. Um, and I mean, maybe I just have to agree with all the bad things that have been said so far. And I just guess not all of them, but all the the small inconsistencies, the um, the like where they say one thing one second and then the next they're doing something different, and where they keep tipping their hand and they say, "Oh, we're super patient and we're smart, we're superior, mm-hmm. but we're just going to let you wander around and <laughs> get a phaser and do all this sort of stuff," and it, it just. I don't know. I think you've convinced me that it's sloppier than I was maybe willing to admit at the beginning. Ah. Uh, maybe because I've seen it a bunch of times, but uh, or maybe because I'm I'm getting some sort of reverse nostalgia of the episodes this will eventually become in in a range of series. Yeah. Um, that there is a lot of stuff here that's not great, uh, and it, I guess it's polarizing <laughs> because one of you really likes it and one of you doesn't, but. <laughs> I agree at least that it's somewhat inconsistent with everything we've seen so far. And then you're right that this is probably the goriest thing that we're going to see for a long time. If, if not ever in, in Star Trek, right? Yeah. It's, it's the most blood and guts. I think that Star Trek gets, um, which is strange to just be in this random episode. (laughs) 
yeah um i won't spend too long uh on worse for obvious reasons we've been covered that but uh for for my best i guess i, I would like to point out um there a strong appeal has been made and i kind of came around to the idea of not the execution of these aliens but the idea of them um you know paul i think you summed it up best a, a race of creatures that has to um rely on on the shadows and manipulation and because it, they're they're really weak you know if if they're just confronted directly and a lot of that's reflected in the way that they also um the way that i i think the best scene is the scene where um picard beams down to italics b the italicized planet <laughs> um when I, I like the idea that they have caught on to the fact that something's not right they still can't define it but they know how to tell the good from the bad by just the casual quiz mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. right I thought that scene with uh, between Walker and uh, and Picard was really good. The way that he he very clearly like he's putting him against tests without without actually saying I'm testing you. You know he's throwing misinformation at Picard about his own biography and backstory, and Picard is you know repeatedly saying like you don't you don't have a brother. You have two sisters, Anne and Melissa. What the hell's going on here? Um, and then that's the oh you passed. You're clearly you. But that these aliens, in their ability to manipulate people, can't recall, you know, all of their memories, I thought was kind of a cool and interesting idea. Um, and that was, that was uh, I think, kind of the more redeemable parts of this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, the worst, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've beat that dead horse. I mean, I think it's just, it, it's the fact that there was... There was actually some good stuff in here, but about 25 minutes in, for me, it just kind of just ran off the rails and just never came back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's it. So now, moment of truth. I think everyone knows which way I'm going to vote, but we've got to have this up or down vote. You know, we've, we've justified our positions, I think. You can say something, you know, real quick about it if you want to. But uh, do we add this to the Bible? Do we add this to our, uh, our watch list uh, for newbies for Essential Trek? Um, and uh, Admiral Quinn, <laughs> uh, go first. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> It's a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody who's never seen Star Trek, this should be essential viewing for them. Well, it shouldn't be the first episode they see. Sure. But sure. There's, you know, there's some real stinkers in season one. I don't think this is more stinky than some of those. Okay. All right. But uh, I, I, I like it. Thumbs, thumbs up. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I have, maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know. I, I, I like it. <laughs> Paul, how about you? Wow, yeah. Um, I like this episode, too, and in a lot of ways, I think I see myself in the same place as you, Jason, that um, I like watching this one. And Quinn. And maybe because I... It's Quinn. Um, yes, Quinn. Because um, <laughs> I've seen it a lot of times, and it is kind of light... It's like a lighthearted John Carpenter movie. Um, John Carpenter Jr. <laughs> yeah. John Carpenter's The Star Trek. Um, and... There's good ideas there, but um, and and I think at the beginning of this, I was coming in thinking I was going to say watch, um, and I think although I have to agree with Jason that this is probably a skip. Oh. Yes. Um, yes. And <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so but happy. but I do. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. It's BS, um, man. Um, I was sweating. Even though I like this one. <laughs> Um, then you should recommend it. Nope. <laughs> if you like it. 
<laughs> go with your go. Go with what you said. Go with your. And I could see that you know there are there are fun reasons to watch this one, and it's not as bad. I'm not. I'm not going to agree with Burns that this is the worst. Sure. Um, that that this is is. There's so many other episodes that are that cannot be redeemed in any way, and this one at least is kind of fun to watch. You know, some weird stuff happen, and there, you could see the threads of a better episode there, uh, and you could also see the threads of it that are going to show up though in a lot of other places. And and um, you've called out Stargate SG One a bunch, um, Jason. That that um, Quinn. Great show. I mean, yeah, it is an amazing show. And the Gould are very much this idea of, well, what happens when you just have something that can't really do anything on its own, but um, gets a whole bunch of power. And um, that whole series is predicated on the, the idea of what if this race of aliens did get um, to be basically galactically powerful? Um, and how do you, how do you um, stop them at that point? Uh, which is enough to, to base a series off of not just an episode but it's hard to unpack in a single episode especially when um, they didn't have the clarity of a single storyline even, even though this doesn't suffer from things like B stories, <laughs> B plots mm-hmm. um, but but I think if you're going to the first time you've got to skip it though which I'm a little sad but I, I do have to agree with Burns on it and that is Conspiracy and uh, uh, other Jason <laughs> slash Quinn, you can argue that there may have been a conspiracy. Been a conspiracy, you. yeah. I, I feel like there was. I, I, I need to quiz you guys right now. I don't. Yes. I don't feel like I know you well enough to do that. But. L- listen, you can you can do that. That's fine. But we're gonna take that off the podcast. We're not gonna put that on the internet uh, for for reasons that are redacted. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us for the conversation. Always fun to have you on the show. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Until right, until you guys railroaded me. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can't show him the door fast enough, Burns. Just like <laughs> I have some other things I need to do now, but do enjoy your dinner, other Jason. Uh, until next time, I'm uh, the 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 other Jason. I'm other Jason too. <laughs> and this has been a conspiracy. <laughs> Any idea what the message was, Data? I believe it was a beacon. A beacon? Yes, sir. A homing beacon sent from Earth. <laughs>